Mostly Normal Gamers podcast, episode 65. We are recording on September 16th, 2020. I am one of your hosts, fresh from the forest, AJ ID. So, so fresh. <laughs> I'm fresh and clean. This week, we will be discussing Ubisoft Forward, Rocket League going free, and of course, today's PS5 showcase. We got a little price announcement, a release date, and some questionable info about pre-ordering. Joining me is my usual co-host, Chris, the successful ex-soldier Sturdum. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm feeling good and energized and confused. And I think technically I'm an XX soldier now. Oh, you're an XX soldier. All right. Right? Well, because I'm I'm done being an ex-soldier. Does that just make me a soldier? For now you are. And we'll get into why yeah. that is your name later. But what 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 happened to John? Well, you know, now that you're freed from the forest, um, John had to take things into his own hands because we didn't get any suggestions or reader mail about how to help you get out. And so um, he's been lost to the ether in some sort of blood exchange for your freedom. Oh, he, I thought maybe he came to look for me, but no, it just sounds like uh, our souls got switched. He was looking into the old magics, but the magics are spelt with a K, like a CK. <laughs> And so you Googled the wrong thing. Yeah, he he if you if you didn't put the K on it when the Google search happens, it actually gives you something that he wouldn't have had to been traded out. But he went a little bit too ancient as soon as you start putting a K on it. <laughs> well, we lost John, but we found a surprise guest today. Please welcome former member of the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast, Gabe Fall to the show. <laughs> Gabe, how are you doing? Hello. Oh, hello. Thank you so much. I'm doing great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Gabe, it's good to hear your voice. I'm sure all the listeners are happy to hear your voice. What have you been up to with that voice? Well, with this voice, I've actually been working on a new little project. I have been recording some interviews just with my friends and putting them up online in a podcast format. It's all called Extra Gamepad. Awesome. Yeah. Is there uh are you is there where's the best way to find you? Are you on Spotify or I am on Spotify, yeah. So you can look me up on Spotify, Google Play, or the Apple Podcasts, I think it's called now. They just changed the name of it recently. But yeah, pretty much all the podcast services you're able to find me. Just search extra gamepad. Go ahead and listen. It's it really is just a show where I kind of sit down and talk with my friends about their history and video games. And kind of what their favorite games are, what the future, or what they would like to see with the future of gaming. Real low budget um, and real low effort. So there's absolutely no editing going into it. It's cut real rough. So, oh well, that can kind of have its own charm sometimes. It's uh, it's just a real life conversation. What? So it's called mm -hmm. Extra Gamepad. Do you want to at Gamefall? And you can also follow Extra Gamepad on Twitter at Extra Gamepad. Oh, awesome. Yeah, everybody go give that a follow. And that brings us to our lowdown. If you want to be part of our conversation, or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, you can reach us at MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter. If you don't use Twitter, you can send us email the old-fashioned way to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Lastly, we've updated our website again, mostlynormalgamers.com. Go check it out. Sign up for our newsletter, Mostly Normal Monthly. Chris did the vast majority of the work putting that together, and my goodness, does it look good. Chris, 
Oh, wow. Claps. Oh, snaps. I'll give you snaps. I don't well, know about claps. All credit is due to my girlfriend, <laughs> Trillian, who helped copy, edit it, and make us sound smarter because punctuation is hard for everyone, including myself. Um, but in her caring awesome. hands, do our words look better? If anyone wants to check it out and didn't manage to subscribe, it only goes out as an email once, but you can find it at Substack. I think it's mngamers.substack.com. Okay, I was actually thinking we should find a way after some time has passed maybe to tweet out a link for that or something so that people who aren't signed up for the email list can can try to find it. I hope you all heard the clicking and clacking on my keyboard. Yeah, so um, <laughs> if you just go to that link, mngamers.substack.com, it pops up right there. Uh, so we should tweet that out. Slack it to me. I do got to say, guys, that that was an awesome read on Monday. I opened it up as soon as it popped into my inbox and gave it a read. And it was it was really great. It it was just it was a perfect like amount of time, and the articles were relevant and just perfectly succinct. It was great. I really enjoyed reading it. That's great to hear. That's really appreciated, Gabe. I'm gonna move us along to what we've been playing, and I'm gonna go first because I don't have a lot to talk about. But I was able to pick up Among Us on iOS. Well, it's out. I picked it up on iOS, but it's for free on iOS, Android, and PC. I believe that's the only places that it is so far. It is a tiny, tiny game that is created by, and I'm going to take this straight from the Among Us wiki fandom. Uh, it is an online sci-fi murder mystery game by Inner Sloth, and it was released on June 15th, 2018 on iOS, Android, and Steam. Steam on August 18th. So, I mean, they're out. I didn't realize that it's it's that old. Yeah, it, um, it blew yeah. up in popularity just recently, but it, it's been out, which is one of those like weird magic things that COVID's been doing with certain video games, I think. Well, it's cool because I didn't hear about it until recently. So whenever it, it came up in the news recently, I picked it up and it's definitely po gained popularity because all the games are full like the second that you po it populates, you click one and it's like, game is full, game is full. So you have to keep going through. But it's super cool because it does this concept where everyone is on a spaceship together. And I think there's a 10 people, maybe nine. And one person, I think nine because it would come out math wise. But either way, one person is the imposter on the ship. So like everyone's trying to work together to complete these goals. Like and fill this bar and then once that bar is full you win but during this time the imposter is like killing people and sabotaging parts of the ship and like trying to stop you from filling this bar and then it the real reason why i think it's relevant to talk about is because it does this thing where everybody has to get like as soon as somebody gets killed or somebody finds a dead body and reports it you can do an emergency meeting and everyone gets together to try to figure out who the imposter is. And during this time, the imposter can like say things in the chat to like kind of throw people off. They'll be like, oh, I saw red in the room and then went in and blue his body was there or, or whatever. And it just has this really cool concept where you're trying to like fool people, almost like poker. It sounds a lot like One Night Ultimate Werewolf or the board yeah. game that I know most familiar with is um, The Resistance, which are like super, super fun board games, but they, for the most part, require you to be in person. So it's really cool that they adapted that like mechanic of like one hidden threat um, trying to sabotage people into 
like a game that you can play online. That's really smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's like a, there's like a trust aspect too. So if you're like really good at lying or manipulating like the chat, then you can totally just throw the scent off of it. For sure. Does it play out? Like, I know a lot of it's been popular with streamers and I have not paid like super close attention to among us, but does it play out with like people in chat outside of the people playing the game or is it just the chat is like the nine players of the game no it's just the nine players and if you get killed by the imposter you can only chat with other people oh no yeah so if you're dead you can also still complete tasks and you can go through walls which is kind of cool so like once you become a ghost you can still go you know fix the steering or the wiring but you just have to do it faster because there's like less people that can help. <laughs> so yeah, like if you're still in, there's this moment where everyone who's in the game still like has access to the same chat and it's all text. There's no voice. There's no voice. So you're like sending messages back and forth. Like someone will be like, where, what room? And then someone will be like, it was Brown. And then everybody will be like, they blamed Brown. It's definitely white. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like so funny. <laughs> That's rad. I, wish that i yeah. had paid a little bit more attention to it when i was picking up steam earlier well hey i mean i just downloaded it like yesterday so it's definitely still worth it and another cool thing is you can play locally over the same wi-fi so like if you were at a family event like christmas or something you could totally make it like a family murder mystery solving game oh that's or great i hope it has like really big jackbox party pack vibes it does. It kind of reminded me of that one where you have to lie about like the truth or whatever. And like, I think it's the same as like two truths and a lie kind of, but everyone goes at the same time. It's got that kind of vibe. It definitely reminded awesome. me of that. That's really cool. Did you guys ever play uh, Mafia? Heck yeah. No, it's not a, a video game. Bit. It's just like a, like a party game. Oh, no. I yeah. Oh, sorry. Game. Yeah. <laughs> not Mafia Definitive Edition. <laughs> No, 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 not a video game. Uh, but it's, it's. I mean, just like you guys are describing it, just like uh, Ultimate Werewolf. But it's, we used to play it in high school with just like a deck of cards, you know, like the Joker's of the okay. mafia, or the the King is the cop, and the Ace is the doctor, or whatever. So, it sounds a lot like that, which I enjoyed immensely, and I still play it like with my siblings and their spouses at like family events and stuff like that. It's really great. Yeah, it's I'm so glad cool. to see that, like, you know, I think the genre is called like social deduction games for sure is like the board game term for it, I think. And it's really cool to like see people continue to develop it and like put new spins on it. I think there is a social deduction game in one of the more recent Jackbox packs. Actually, I, it's also set on a spaceship, mm. too, I think. Yeah, oh, cool. I think it's in Jackbox six, but there's so many of them now that it's hard for me to keep track. Well, yeah, so Among Us is the only um, game that I've been playing, but uh, it's new to me, so that's that's all that matters. And then I did finish the season one of Fall Guys, game <laughs> Fall Guys. I'm glad I finally got to make that joke. Uh, so, Which took forever. It was way too long of a grind. Like, the last four or five levels, I was like, I'm never going to play this game again. I'm never going to play this game again. And it also kind of didn't help that I won five times total. And those five times came in the first like 25 levels. So I went for like 40% of my career without winning. Oh yeah, that's rough. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, was I'm assuming all like there's like a battle pass that you're talking about completing, right? And so you get way less yeah, experience yeah, later on because you're not getting those wins. Exactly. And also I think there's like a bonus thing where you can pay like the five ninety nine and get like faster XP or whatever. It's like part of the costume pack. So there's that too, but I didn't buy it, so I just like yeah. grinded it. Well, they out. just <laughs> dropped like a bunch of level remixes of that uh, just recently, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think yesterday they had an update come out. So if you're listening to this on Friday, that would have been Tuesday of this week. Um, so yeah, you've been playing them for a couple days by now. But yeah, I'm excited to maybe look at those. I just need to take a little bit of a break. <laughs> Gabe. Yes. You're back. What, what so I've been playing a couple of things. Um, this morning, I was doing another playthrough of The Outer Worlds while I was oh. at work on my cool. break in the lunchroom. Oh my god. It was the next cloud. Finally released. I know I've said it on the show before I was playing in the beta, but now I can talk about it without feeling like I'm breaking any sort of weird embargo. Uh, it was it's great. I I really enjoy it. Uh, it has gotten better since the beta closed. Uh, so the beta closed 2 okay. weeks ago, and now that it's out and included with Game Pass Ultimate, I I'm able to play Xbox games wherever I want. They That's do have cool. a list that has almost all of the games included on console available on the cloud. It's not quite all of them, which is kind of a bummer, but it's most of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. I played The Outer Worlds on that this morning. I played Fallout 76 on it last night. I was pleased to see that Fallout 76 runs better on my phone than it does on my Xbox. So that's nice. <laughs> Interesting. They just had a huge update too, I think. They did, yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, Same they, day as Fall Guys. they started a season two with their Wastelanders DLC. I haven't delved cool. into any of that content. I was just running around in the world and kind of building stuff and taking out enemies and things like that. And still broken, for sure. But it runs a lot better on <laughs> the servers than it does on my box uh, here at home. So interesting yeah i did play some of that on my xbox one x and i had a pretty good time and it ran pretty decently so maybe it's just the the original xbox one that that's yeah i do a think little... that it's definitely like a hardware problem on my end at least now because uh, i know they've done a lot of work on that game and that right. game ran like shit for everybody at the beginning <laughs> but uh <laughs> yep. it's gotten better for sure and i'm glad to see it uh running pretty good on my phone because that is a game that I feel like I can just pick up and play for 20 minutes and then put it right back down. Um, so I'm not, or I'm getting into that, uh, getting into the outer worlds. I'm also been playing a game called uh, Tell Me Why. Is the name of the game? Oh, I played like five minutes of this before <laughs> I got distracted by something else. So I'm curious to hear uh, what you think. It's tough. Um, so it's a don't nod game, uh, which is similar to mm-hmm. I guess a telltale game where you're really more focusing on the choices and the narrative than you are on the gameplay. Uh, the gameplay in particularly Tell Me Why is almost non-existent. It's a lot yep. of conversations, even more so than like Life is Strange. Life is Strange, at least there are like little collectibles and little other things you could do, you know, take a picture or go and make like optional decisions or decisions that don't necessarily play into the plot as much almost little side quests mm-hmm. there's not as much of that in tell me why 
it really kind of pushes okay. you through the main story, which is which is fine because honestly, with Life is Strange, even I thought there was just even for somebody like who's kind of a completionist like me and who likes to see all the little corners. In Life is Strange, there were just too many little corners, and I got very easily distracted by all of those. So, tell me why being a little bit more direct is good. It's also a okay. game that's incredibly sad mm-hmm. and emotional and kind of difficult to difficult to be happy playing. But of course, like those are games that I love as well. Uh, you know, games like Gone Home and Tacoma and um, those narrative games. Sonoa Sacrifice. What's that? Sonoa's sacrifice. Oh yeah, Sonoa's sacrifice. Like, yeah, Senua's, yeah. Heart heart wrenching games or games that have heart wrenching stories. At least Senua has like some good gameplay, and it's like a fun mm-hmm. slasher game, but it's also just heartbreaking. Yeah, it's great. All I right. love it. It's not for everybody, but I really enjoy it so far. Uh, episode three releases actually the same day as this podcast releases on Friday. Uh, so by the time this releases, I'll probably be playing episode three. Oh, awesome. Maybe I'll have to try to get through those. Um, like I said, I didn't I didn't like dislike the gameplay or anything. I just I started playing and then I had to go somewhere. So. Oh, for sure. And it, it's it's one of those things where I found it with Life is Strange, especially like when the episodes got too far apart, you forget what you're doing and you don't really remember what was going on in the story mm. and that sort of thing. Yep. On the other side of that, though, I was playing Life is Strange 2 on Game Pass, and they took it away before I was done. <laughs> That's the other kind of shitty thing yeah. about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Especially uh, since that game switched so, like, studios. Yeah. So I was unable to finish that, but I think Chris might have finished something this yeah, it's week. about time. <laughs> what have you been I don't want to like go too, too in-depth into Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I did beat it last night, and yes, I don't know about that ending. But I don't. I also don't yeah. feel like I should go off on it. Um, no, we can't spoilers. Yeah. But I do know what you mean by it being like unsatisfying. Maybe would be a good way to put it. Lead it leads on to the next one too much. Maybe I, mean, I don't know. If you think about Final Fantasy VII remake as a game that's already in existence and broken into three episodes, not unlike <laughs> the game that Gabe was just talking about. Tell me why. I think it makes more sense, but I also feel like it's a weird place to end the game. Anyways, I still am really impressed with it. I think I liked the game a lot more at the beginning when you're hanging out in the slums and being a mercenary. And I'll leave it at that. That's my favorite yeah. part too. Like you're you're talking about just doing side quests and talking to people and like looking at all the cool hanging stuff. Hanging out with orphans cool orphans with secret yep. forts oh yeah the, that fort is pretty awesome man i'm yeah. jealous it's i'm gonna try and maybe put some thoughts on paper for next month's mostly normal monthly and like put it at the bottom and put a bunch of spoiler tags and warnings at it but oh, yeah. i want to think some more about it and then the only other significant thing other than just hitting my head against sudokus every day of every week for like the last two or three months um, is it is now officially, I think, season seven of Blaze Ball or Blase Ball. I really like Blase Ball. Um, and in season six, um, they introduced this new set of mechanics called idols, which was basically a leaderboard of people who were picking like their favorite players on any given team. And you would go up and down the leaderboard and blah, 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 blah. 
in the game, there's also these things called blessings, which are things that you can spend votes on as a team. And whatever team has the most votes has like a higher chance of earning that blessing. Okay. One of those blessings allowed you to steal the 14th highest ranked idol from their team and take it to your team. I think I saw you tweeting about this. I love your blaze ball or blase ball tweets. <laughs> oh, I mean, like the community is doing all of the work. I just, I just find it in my feed and think it's amazing as well. <laughs> um, but so this player in season one, Jalen hot dog fingers was a pitcher for the Seattle garages. And as part of the end of season one of blaze ball, the umpires rose up and it became the discipline era. Oh and they God. incinerated <laughs> Jalen hot dog fingers, killing Jalen. Who in season six appears on the leaderboard of idols? Okay. And so then people got to work and decided that they were going to try to see if necromancy exists in the Blaze Ball universe by making sure Jalen was the 14th ranked person. <laughs> And just dumping votes into the steal the 14th person thing. And it worked. Wow. That's amazing. And so, now, yeah, so what's like, what's the, what's the next outside of like the universe of the game? The thing that I think is really, really cool is seeing the way that the commissioner who's like part of the creation of the game. Um, and I can't remember the devs right now, which makes me feel really bad. Let me look it up really quick because I want to shout them out because they're doing an amazing job. Yeah, that's... Um, and as we all know, the commissioner is doing a great job as well. Um, this, the data shows that. Um, I think it's just called The Game Band. Okay. The Game Band. They made a game that went out on um, Apple Arcade too. But the developers, The Game Band, have been incredibly, incredibly responsive to the stuff that the fan community is coming up with. And so all of a sudden in my Twitter feed a couple of days ago during season seven... Jalen's out pitching and hitting players with pitches and then their status changes to destabilized or something like that. And it just like lights my brain up. Like this undead pitcher is hitting people with, with pitches and it's like destabilizing the players. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I love yeah, it. I don't know what that means either, but it sounds fun. But that's like the thing that's beautiful about the way that this is playing out right over the last, I mean, they took a, a long siesta as they call it um, to kind of like ramp things up, but they're so reactive to what's going on in the fan art and fan lore community and are like really carefully pulling in some of that stuff into it and making it like part of what's going on in the mechanics of the game, which is really interesting for a game that literally like the interactivity is I bet coins on teams. Yeah, but it's awesome. And back when before baseball came back or there was really any sports like you were like following along in this fantasy sports world that or wow, fantasy, yep. fantasy sports world. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> it's pretty perfect cool. Word I choice. like hearing about it. I haven't I've never checked it out, but maybe I'll have to. Yeah, well, there's a really, a really strong like wiki community. You can jump on their discord and uh, it'll link you out to like, have you pick the team that you're going to root for on the discord. And then there's kind of a beginner's guide there. Um, there's all kinds of resources online. And I just recommend dipping your toe into some of the fan art because there are some really, really talented artists making really cool looking baseball cards, basically for these oh, players okay, in, cool. in this game, Bla uh, you know, blaze ball cards. Yeah. Um, Blase. But, Anything but blase is kind of my take oh, on right. blase ball. Like every like blase just kind of means like 
there's like a shrug. It's the shrug emoji is basically a blase, and like this game is anything but. The more that. you know, listeners, yeah. you just learned a vocabulary word. Oh wow! I feel like that's the most direct emoji translation I've ever had. I must be learning. But yeah, that's what I've been playing this week. Do you guys want to like talk about some news? It is definitely news o'clock. Yes. Right. Well, now we're here at the news and we have a few stories I just want to touch on before we get to the main event, which is the PlayStation 5 showcase. But before we do that, Chris, did you ever get a chance to watch Ubisoft forward? I did not, but I watched my Twitter feed as it was happening. Um, Is there anything that really stood out to you? I'm really glad that I'll finally be able to try and beat Prince of Persia, Persia Sands of Time, even if it kind of looks like it's a ps3 game (laughs) fair enough i haven't played that one either i got stuck because i was a dumb like 12 or 13 year old kid i've been stuck in many a game and i continue to be bad at video games but i was even worse when i was 12 (laughs) well now there's video walkthroughs maybe there were when you're 12 i don't know (laughs) oh yeah i I lived on game facts and definitely like only beat majora's mask because i had the the player's guide but Gabe, did anything pop off for you? Did you catch the Ubi forward? I did. Um, I was interested in Immortals Phoenix Rising, previously Gods and Monsters. I continue to be uh, just blown away by the lack of Skull and Bones Mm. anywhere (laughs) um, in Ubisoft. Because that was one of the games I was looking forward to, was it five years ago when it was announced? And then debating back then about... Oh, do I go a Sea of Thieves or do I go a Skull and Bones? They're both pirate games, but they mm-hmm. both have very different things about them. Which one should I go with? And now that you know, Sea of Thieves is sort of wrapping up with their development, it's going to be really interesting to see, I guess, when and if <laughs> Skull of Bones comes out because I'm really looking forward to it, and I'm continually shocked by the lack of communication from Ubisoft about that game. It just blows me away. For sure. Well, Gods and Monsters Energy Drink, like, <laughs> definitely, um, I have, I did not, like, catch any of the gameplay videos that it's they were sending out afterwards. Yeah, well, it's the crossover we'll all get when it's ported to PC in six months. Um, I think, like, the, the idea that there's a game that is like Breath of the Wild, but not Breath of the Wild, at its face is, like, intriguing to me because... I think it's really cool to see that like Ubi is in this kind of like conversation with Nintendo because like very clearly a lot of Breath of the Wild's design is drawing on the open world framework that is kind of ubiquitous across ubiquitous software's <laughs> lineup. Um, and thank you for that. That was. I great. also think like <laughs> it. I mean, I don't know. I just also the art style and like the setting are all really cool in a way that like kind of makes me say like, I probably will check this out. Um, and maybe in a way where it's like something that I almost want to go into a little bit blind, just knowing that like, I should expect it to be kind of like breath of the wild. I just really hate, I hate the name. Yeah. I was about to say, I'm so against the name change. (laughs) You took the words out of my mouth. (laughs) Well, and we know a little bit about why they had to do that. No, Um, it was renamed because Monster Energy Drink was oh, going to sue was them. Oh, it because of that? <laughs> wow. 
Wow, yeah. I did not know that. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes that makes your joke that better. A, f- a fun, tiny little uh, news story that was going around yesterday. When let me tell you, I was looking for price leaks on the PS Five like nobody's <laughs> business. I was updating Twitter every free second of the last like three days, hoping that I would find out the price before today. <laughs> well. We found out today. We'll get to that in a little bit. But there was two other things I want to touch on on this Ubisoft forward. Well, other than Watch Dogs Legions, which just looks sick. But we've are we've already talked about that. Everyone knows about Watch Dogs Legions. There was a game revealed called Roller Champions, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with the game Steep. Oh no! Wait, I'm screwing up. I'm screwing up yeah. my games. Riders Republic. That's a steep game. These are two different games. There's Roller Champions, which is a rollerblading basketball game. I think they showed that off like the first time last E3 in 2019. Yeah, and then, which looks pretty cool too. It's just like rollerblading around a ring and then there's some hoops that you put stuff in and there's like some cool deke moves that you see him do and like pass the ball a couple times. So that actually looks really promising. It's like Rocket League football on rollerblades. And then the one that I meant that was revealed is Riders Republic, which the reason I brought up steep is because it kind of just looks like almost a steep copy with bikes added. Yeah. I mean, that's probably it. It's probably running the same engine that steep is probably by the same development team. And they just finally have the, I guess, technology or resources to render bicycles and trees. So, and, and <laughs> add that many people. Cause it looked like there was going to be like, 30 people going down the track at the same time or something like that. I yeah. didn't see if they actually announced numbers or not, but steep, you could only have four in your party. And that was like, it was like fall guys down a mountain with bikes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. I just pulled their website up to try and see some of this game. And it literally like, I was like, Oh, it's fall guys, but sports. Yeah. Is there it's... like a battle Royale element to it? I'm pretty sure it's like, yeah, it must be a race, right? or it's gotta be. Yeah. It's gotta be like, I'm sure there's different modes because they showed like a trick mode where you're trying to score more points than the other people uh, yeah. in a competition setting. And then there's probably like what you're saying where maybe like 10 people get eliminated every race or something. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine they wouldn't have that. And then I don't know anything. Anybody else have anything to say about, I know there was a lot more shown on Ubisoft forward, but um, if anything, if anybody has anything to say, speak now. <laughs> Not really. I want to interrogate the idea of Riders Republic really deeply because I didn't touch Steep, but like I also just want to move on and talk about PlayStation 5. (laughs) Well, before we get to that, there was... It was very, very in the early hours of the morning. Nintendo announced a Nintendo Direct Mini. I'm sure it makes sense for like the Japanese time zones or something, but for us here in North America, it was like, what are they doing? <laughs> but yeah, so um, the reason I brought it, wanted to bring it up is because there are a ton of rumors about Monster Hunter, like a new Monster Hunter Switch game coming out. Um, so we'll find out about that. That that is t- that is Thursday nine seventeen. So if you're hearing this now and haven't seen it yet, uh, go check out that Nintendo Direct Mini. I hope that it is as equally befuddling as the last ones. <laughs> the last one was like, God. what did I even watch? <laughs> that was a Mario one, they right? Did... No, oh. the Mario one was like a, 
regular direct, I think, or something like the direct mini. Um, I'm looking at, a, I'm pulling this from the article at polygon.com uh, written by Michael McWhorter. Um, the last one in July, I think was the one with uh, Shin Megami Tensei three and five um, rogue company, uh, the new cadence of Hyrule DLC battlegrounds and um yeah yep that one yep okay yeah that one that one was weird <laughs> not to be confused with the indie direct that was amazing right yeah right. the indie direct, direct was cool except for no sports story and that makes me sad it's okay ubisoft's making sports story for you downhill sports yeah. story downhill <laughs> downhill sports story and last story before we get to the playstation 5 showcase this is a pretty cool little tidbit coming out on Eurogamer.net, uh, Rocket League is going free to play on 923. So if you've never played Rocket League, now you've got your chance to play for free. Coming up on Wednesday. Yeah, that's speaking directly to me. I can finally do poorly at this complicated car sports game. It should be interesting to see how, like, maybe some noob hunting is going to happen for a little bit, you know, late September here. <laughs> Pub stomping is going to be. <laughs> Yes, lots of pub stomping. I think the thing that's really exciting for me is that they're doing a cross-platform progression tomorrow. Not to oh, be mistaken, cross-play tomorrow. How am I supposed to fix this if I already have one account on my Switch and one account on my PlayStation? I would investigate their <laughs> Psionics blog post for more information. I'm going to have to investigate that probably for a long time. <laughs> Or just start tweeting very, very directly at Psionics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tell me how I do this. Use your clout. Use our clout. Use the podcast account's clout. When we get some, I'll demand answers. It. We have a thousand followers. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> that brings us along to someone who has tons of followers, which is PlayStation. And boy, did they come correct today with their PlayStation Five showcase. I was just going to kind of run through the list of the games that they showed. Let's see what happens here. The first thing I wanted to comment on, which I thought was interesting, is that when I went to watch this on YouTube, I was on a device that I wasn't signed into, and it was rating pending uh, to mature, and they actually had like a like an age restriction on the video, which was uh. kind of shocking to me that they would eliminate like everyone under the age of, what, 17 or 14 or whatever it would be to click the, the video were you watching it on the official playstation channel playstation's youtube channel wow i ran into the same thing i um am lucky enough to have gotten to watch it at work in the youth shelter with one of the youth who was really a big playstation fan um and was excited to watch it with me which was really kind of a cool experience but i had to like log into my account on youtube to verify my age because i didn't you know i it wouldn't, it literally wouldn't let me watch it. Otherwise. Yeah. I just thought that was like a really poor choice. I mean, there was, I felt a little sketch, like having some of the, you know, there's curse words. There was some like real graphic stuff, especially in call of duty, which I was like, isn't this a teen rated game? Call of duty has never been team rated. So that's always been an M rated game. <laughs> okay. okay. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I just assumed because teenagers play it so often that, and doesn't everyone follow ESRB guidelines all the time? I as mean, parents as, definitely do. As much as I follow the MPAA guidelines, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So the show started out with a bang with Final Fantasy 16. Are you guys Final Fantasy fans besides I know Chris you're just talking I, about playing the re- Yeah, I got really shook by the Final Fantasy 16 announcement. In what way? In the way that it definitely looks like it's set in Evil Ace. I can't pronounce it, but that's the one that Final Fantasy Tactics is set in. Um, or Tactics Advanced and Final Fantasy XII is set in, although they didn't show any of the other stuff. It just looked medieval as hell, which always makes me think of Evil Ace. Um, And I think that game looks very Dark Souls-inspired. I think it looks... I mean, it's like an action RPG straight up, which seems like the direction that the big Final Fantasy games are going in, you know, 15 through 7 through 16. Um, yeah, and they only showed one party member fighting at a time from what I could see, but you have to imagine it's going to be a Final Fantasy 15 type or a 7 type where you switch back and forth. I hope at least. I am going to be imagining it for a long time unless I get a PS5, though. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a console exclusive, right? Or is it because you can play it? I don't know. I'm confused about all it's a it's an exclusive. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is a console exclusive. You can play it on PC. Um, I'm assuming day and date, but it is exclusive to the PS5 as far as consoles go. Right, right. They're getting even more confusing with their exclusives these days. Oh, um, and then the next bad. game, yeah, and then the next game that came out that looks just freaking awesome was Miles Morales, the Spider-Man game. One awesome thing to note about this, Chris, you sent to the Slack, is that they're selling the regular version of this game for $49.99 and the ultimate version for $69.99. So I don't know if that means it's a little bit shorter or what, but the gameplay looked sick. The music was just bopping, and it was just, oh my god, maybe the most hype trailer I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I want to point out that the $70, $69.99 uh, Ultimate Edition includes a remaster of Spider-Man as oh, well. Oh, it does. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And I also want to point out that this game is coming to the PlayStation 4. Okay. So this regular version is $4.99 for PS4. And well, for it, it's $49.99 on PS4 or PS5 for Miles Morales. But then the Ultimate Edition includes a remaster for PS5 of Spider-Man 4. Spider-Man PS4. Now, if I buy it on the PS4, will I be able to play it on my PS5? I don't think we know that yet. Do we know I don't that? think we'll, so. We'll get into that I later. Think, I don't think we'll so. Get into that later. That's one of my frustrations with this whole messaging behind the PS5, but we'll get that That's later. That's why I love when developers like CD Projekt Red are like, we're doing this this way. Here you go. Uh, but yeah, like you said, let's not get too distracted. They have a lot to go through on this PlayStation yeah. showcase. Next up was Harry freaking Potter. Yeah. Gabe, what do you think about Harry Potter? Yeah. I'm actually really excited for this because I've been thinking like ever since this was announced, like this um, RPG kind of style Harry Potter. It's like Harry Potter is ripe for RPG. Or wait, it was leaked. It was never actually announced until today. No, you, it, it was rumored right. really right. heavily and leaked. Yeah. Um, so ever since it was rumored, I have been excited for this because like the Harry Potter world is ripe for RPG, right? Especially Hogwarts because you've got the four different houses, which I would assume would have four different attributes, you know, to your character. Yeah. And then you take classes, right? 
to learn mm-hmm. different things, to gain different skills. Like, how has this not been thought of until now? Like, I'm so surprised there just hasn't been like an online MMORPG with Harry Potter yet. Yeah. So, I mean, this is going to be great. I think it's going to bring. I'm I'm hoping that it's good, and it puts Harry Potter and that world, kind of the wizarding world of Harry Potter, back in a good place. Because the recent movies, J.K. Rowling running her mouth, like <laughs> these things have not been good. You know, yeah, I was, so the game's called Hogwarts Legacy, and I held back this tweet. Um, it's in my draft. Oh. Um, but I was like, we all know the legacy of Hogwarts is transphobia, right? It, it is now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but shade at J.K. Rowling aside, I, I mean, that game looked real good. Oh, my God. The possibilities are endless. Like, I'm thinking, not to interrupt your point, like, I'll just be real quick. Like, imagine you get to choose between whether you're going to be a Hermione type or a Harry Potter type. Like, you can go to class first. Don't forget the Ron types. Okay, but I don't even want to get a couple because there's too many types. So you can, like, sacrifice your, like, maybe physical and battling skills to, like, go to more classes and, like, gain more intelligence and, like, become better at the spells, but maybe you're not as strong or something. It just, it looks awesome. Yeah, I really liked, I like this idea and kind of how it's playing off of, like, Gabe talking about, like, what if, like, it alludes really heavily in the trailer, right, to this idea that you're going to do school and then there's this whole world of adventure outside of school. Yeah. And like this idea that like your character build is just something that happens naturally through your play of this school part. Oh, it's like Persona Five. Yeah, Ooh. and it's like like based on what you decide, like what classes you take and shit. It's gonna make your attribute. Oh, dude, maybe you won't even get to pick your attributes, or you only get to pick some. Oh, dude, I don't know. Like I said, possibilities are endless. Let's move on though, Gabe. I'm gonna lean on your Call of Duty expertise for this one too, uh-huh. because something called Cod Blop Cold War is coming out. So Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War is coming out. It takes place in the 1980s. Kind of follows off the same thing that the Black Ops, uh, or I shouldn't say the same thing. It's going back to what Black Ops was in Black Ops 1 and Black Ops 2, uh, where it's a little bit more grounded in reality. Uh, You don't have these extreme superpowers and this awesome, cool tech um, that that you've seen in Black Ops 3 and 4. So that's pretty cool. Aren't Wait, aren't explosive RC cards cars cool tech though? <laughs> cool tech, but they're also from the eighties. So like, <laughs> it's fair. I, I wouldn't say it's cutting edge technology to strap C four onto a remote control car. How fast is that? It's car exploding going, edge technology. Okay, I've got I've got a lot of issues <laughs> with the trailer. So the trailer that they showed featured the runway from the Fast and Furious Six, where it's <laughs> oh yeah, miles that was long. oh good call out. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing I thought of was like, okay, they're on this runway. Great. And they're going and they're like fighting these other cars that are also driving on this runway. And the cars are moving pretty fast and the airplanes, you know, trying to take off. So it's going very fast. And the trailer went on for like four minutes. <laughs> I'm like, how, how long is this runway? And then I immediately thought, yes, this is the runway from Fast and Furious 6. It spans multiple European countries. So, <laughs> and goes like onto the ice or something, doesn't it? I don't know. It's it, it's insane. Um, so I got to laugh at the trailer a little bit. I got to laugh at Call of Duty a little bit and just look at that and I think, 
for Fast and Furious as big of an action franchise as it is, I feel like the developers or the game directors or somebody behind Call of Duty would know that that runway is way too long. <laughs> I'm interested <laughs> to see how that game is going to play out, especially that mission in the game is going to play out. Um, but it looked cool. The kind of vehicle combat looked cool. The uh, There's a dude that was using another dude as a human shield. I thought that yep. was pretty cool. Um, it that whole sequence was really yeah, intense. Yeah, and he yeah. like shoves the grenade in the guy's vest and like shoves him back by the gas yeah. can. Yeah, that was pretty sick. Like those kind of mechanics, and I know there are different mechanics in the Call of Duty single player than there are in the multiplayer, but those kind of mechanics are what makes like those, especially military action games like Call of Duty, like so much fun. I I'm gonna have a blast playing this campaign. I can already tell. I imagine that Treyarch has been working on this campaign and working on some of those mechanics for a very long time, given that Black Ops 4 didn't have a campaign. So I'm really excited to see this come back in a big way. Right on. Well, the next game that came up on the showcase was Resident Evil Village. I have in parentheses too scary because it's too scary for me. It looks horrifying. (laughs) Are you guys going to play this or no? Any thoughts? (laughs) My main thoughts are the like first Resident Evil game that like was reviewed so well that it surpassed my fear of horror was Resident Evil 4 and it definitely like the village vibe is calling back to the part of Resident Evil 4 that I played most of which is like the very opening area which is set in that village um where the villagers go un forastero <laughs> um and it definitely had similar vibes to Resident Evil 4, which I think is a really cool, almost like rhyming kind of thing to have like, you know, a cycle of four and then five and six kind of like went off and did their own action game thing. And now we're to eight and it's like a double of four. Anyways, I don't play Resident Evil games mostly because they're too scary, just like the parentheses say. And especially in first person, like I think that would be way too intense. Yeah, it's definitely, it, it, it didn't really look like a Resident Evil game in the trailers either, which I kind of thought was refreshing. But yeah, I'm not going to play it either. It's a little bit too scary. The next game that came out is called Deathloop. Chris, I know you're having some, um, I don't even know what to call it, like PlayStation hangs or... It, it's going to be PlayStation 5 FOMO. Yeah, because you, you really wanted to play Deathloop. And I have in parentheses for this one that has Borderlands vibes. It kind of reminded me just a little bit of Borderlands with the art style and like the comic cadences, just a little bit. Yeah, I um, I really liked the playfulness of it, is I guess what I would say. Like, um, I love the way that they showed this game off to make you like learn like it's kind of going to require some like pre-planning and thinking and like you're going to manipulate the behavior of these different characters to try and make your mission to eliminate all Mm -hmm. eight of them easier. And um, I just love the Groundhog Day Mm. energy of this. And it's just got me even more excited um, and even sadder that it's a PS5 exclusive because I just love playing shooters with the Xbox controller so much. It looks cool and, and I'll definitely play it at some point. Next game that they showed was Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. I don't think we really need to quote comment on that uh it's just a special edition of an older game odd world soul storm is the next game john and i have talked about this before on the podcast odd world just doesn't do it for me how about you guys 
No, I'm confused about what this game is. I'm confused about what Oddworld is. I'm just, I'm just not interested, honestly. It's something about the art style that never stuck with me from all the way back when I was a kid and got like an Oddworld game demo on like a PlayStation Underground disc, and I just didn't like it then, and I still don't like it now. It does make me miss um, Stranger's Wrath. I got pretty into mm. with the creative first-person, like third-person shooter stuff that they did in that universe, but yeah, it's never really spoken to me. Next game they had was Five Nights at Freddy's. I'm not even sure exactly what this is. It looks like kind of a horror survival multiplayer game or something. Mm-hmm. Looks pretty good. A little oh, scary. Um, I want to be clear. Uh, the shorthand, the the youth speak about it as FNAF. FNAF? Just so, you, just so we all know. FNAF. The, oh, the youngster well, I, spent who I, was, it, I spelled um, it with a number five, so that that threw me off. Yeah, it makes it <laughs> yeah. confusing. That would be SNAF, but... Um, <laughs> in leet speak but uh yeah the, the the youth who i watched this with was going oh no way fnaf fnaf like before they even showed that it was a five nights in freddy game yeah. he is very excited awesome well go out there and play some fnaf um demon souls is this a remake or a remaster yeah okay it's demon souls i mean it's the blue point treatment of like demon the souls. original what they say dark souls type game is demon souls and this is a remake of that so this is like the quote unquote maybe true start of it i'm sure you could go back further somehow um but yeah i have breaking news okay about this especially since we're kind of at a pause point mm-hmm. because we're done talking about like the games that were shown um nibelian at nibelian nibble nibel i don't know uh the guy who tweets leaks all the time just an hour ago tweeted out some PS5 launch games according to PlayStation Japan. Demon Souls, Destruction All-Stars, Miles Morales, Sackboy, Astro's Playroom. All right. I believe all those. Um, there may be more, but uh, that is what he put in that first tweet. Well, good to know. They did mention after Demon Souls and stuff was over that the PlayStation Plus collection is coming to PlayStation 5. And it led me to ask a few questions about this in my head. Like they showed Monster Hunter and like God of War and all this stuff for PS Plus. So does that mean I'm not going to have to, I'm going to get Monster Hunter World digitally on my PS5? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Do you have it on disc right now? I do have it on disc right now, but I have Iceborne digitally. So it's like super confusing. And that's, well, I mean, did Iceborne ever come with a disc? I think you could buy like a like a definitive version where oh, okay. it came with Monster Hunter on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, that's going to be the big thing. And I think the big determining factor for who buys these next out of the two consoles, the disc, the one with the disc drive and the one with the discless drive. Like if you're going to get your backwards compatible games digitally, then why not go with the discless one, you know? Yeah, um, and or they what, need to tell me that like tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, what does what does backwards Literally compatibility tomorrow. mean? It doesn't. Nobody really knows what that means on PS Five yet. No. So what I what I read this as when they announced it is this is their answer to what you will have for back compat as a digital a PS Five digital owner. Like you get this collection of games. Maybe it adds and removes them over time. Um, my initial take was like, it's their way of kind of pushing back on like games pass a little bit with things like that. But I, I think more, the more that I think about it, I think this is like 
if you have the digital only edition, this is your backwards compatibility component. That's kind of what it looks like. Because Gucci and I talked just really quickly about it. Because, I mean, he has like a thousand hours into this game and I have like 600 hours. And if I could get that digital version of it on next gen without buying it again i mean maybe i should i fucking put that much time into it just throw them another 50 bucks they've given us lots of free stuff (laughs) um but let's get on to the meat the whole reason that the playstation 5 showcase even existed was to tell us the price Uh and the price for the console with the disc drive is 499 us dollars and the digital only version is $399. Uh, I'm going to just go on here before we start commenting on it. They did also give us the release date, which is November 12th for the US, Japan, Canada, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, and South Korea, and November 19th for the rest of the world. So if you're in one of those several countries I listed, you can look forward to getting it a week early. They also did just tweet out PS5 pre-orders will be available starting as early as tomorrow at select retailers and no more information. <laughs> that is that is yesterday as of this podcast posting. So yes, pre-orders are up now. We... Whether there is inventory, who knows? <laughs> or but where you can pre-order. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, what do you guys think about the price? Uh, It's interesting because this is the first time, well, and so it's a little bit tricky, right? Because the Xbox Series X with a disc comes in at $499, and the PS5 with a disc comes in at $499. Now, I don't know how useful that disc disc drive is going to be on the PS5 concerning backwards compatibility and other things. But the, well, it is PS4 back. Yeah, I think that's right? it. Like completely. I think it's only PS4 for sure. But do we know that? I mean, I think that's like that is known. Okay. I think I know that it doesn't I'm go not... to PS3 because of that whole thing. But yeah, whatever. Right. There was the whole post from Ubi a couple weeks ago on the Ubi blog. Oh, that's right. That like talked about it. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Okay, never mind. So you've got the PS5 with the disc drive for 4.99 and the Xbox Series X. For four ninety nine, this is the same time when two consoles are coming out within a week of each other at the same price, which is insane to me. Like this is, you talk about console wars, and there truly were console wars back in like the nineties. And Sony, or I'm sorry, not Sony, um, Sega and Nintendo were really neck and neck. But this is, I mean, this is crazy. Five hundred dollars for both of the top two consoles, like. That's and insane. PlayStation is coming a little bit short compared to Xbox Series X at that upper tier. Like, if you're going to compare them equally, the Xbox comes out on top power-wise. So having them at the right. same price there kind of is crazy for PlayStation. It just shows the how much those games matter, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, it really does... Seeing the lineup, just like you read, Chris, where there's that lineup for playstation 5 coming right out at launch like that's small but it's bigger than the xbox lineup right now you know as far well, as right, and those games go. i want to clarify like those are the sony first party games and on top of that all of the you know multi-platform yeah, AAA, stuff AAA, whatever, oh yeah right? yeah, like, yeah so like 
that is five more. What are the, what are it gears tactics? Sorry. I'm like, I'm over here. Like I wanted to want to buy an Xbox oh, man, series X day. Making one. it really like, hard. They're making it really hard. I know. That. <laughs> um, it's like, it's like really, I mean, the only thing that's pushing me is the fact that I have an Xbox one S and like, it would be a significant yeah. jump and that I had this whole plan with the pile of <laughs> discs to use the enhancements yeah. <laughs> on. But I want to point out, so I'm looking at a, a graphic that IGN tweeted out a little bit ago that's showing that the PS5 Digital Edition storage size is still to be announced. Oh, oh no. Interesting. Which, so I want to take a step back. 399 for a without compromise next-gen system that is just yeah. digital. That's dope. That that messes me up. That makes me feel like the Xbox Series S is a mistake. Uh, um, I wouldn't say it's a mistake, but it is. It it, it significantly pushes people towards PS Five. I think just because that that PS Five All Digital Edition is so much more powerful than that Xbox Series S is going to be. It runs things at four K. I mean. With this Xbox, I just I really feel like they shouldn't have released a console that big at all, and should have just released a streaming stick. You know, like I mean, so, I know they can't really make the choice until they hear the news about this price. And I, the digital edition probably would not be three ninety nine if it weren't for the Series S being two ninety nine. But. I just really wish that Xbox would have come out with the streaming stick instead of this instead of this console. When did they come up with this price? When do you think they decided it? This three ninety nine price. I think this came down the pipe in the last four. You mean PlayStation deciding or Xbox deciding? PlayStation. PlayStation. I think they. I think they decided in like the last. You think they saw Xbox announce theirs and then they were like, "Okay, hit that." I'm picturing like fly on the wall. My my brain saying like there was some sleepless nights trying to negotiate and like within the within Sony like get this approved. Yeah, and that that hard drive might be the might be the other compromise because like a Blu-ray drive, 4K Blu-ray drive is about uh, sixty bucks, and we saw that with the Xbox One S. That's the reason that that the all digital version is cheaper by I think it was exactly fifty dollars. Is because that Blu-ray drive costs about sixty bucks, so they're able to you know, eat that $10 of cost and throw it out at 250 or whatever it was versus PlayStation now taking a hundred dollars off. I wouldn't be surprised if that SSD comes in at 512 gigabytes or 500 gigabytes instead of a terabyte, which it would yeah. be really disappointing. How can you, how can you do that though with 4k? Like that's two games. PlayStation did make a really big deal about like their hard drive slot or whatever during their original like tech mm-hmm. showcase so i wonder if that's why i'm surprised we didn't see anything about that either because i imagine that when you go out to buy a ps5 all digital because i imagine that's where most people are going to be going because it's significantly cheaper as soon as you download that ps plus lineup that they've got out there like you're full <laughs> it's you know? true <laughs> like you download well, four or five of those games take them one cool. at a time or just call of duty or yeah just 
<laughs> just Warzone. Don't even forget about the rest of the game. Just just Warzone, and you're already at like 300 gigs. <laughs> okay, let me throw something like so. I want to say something just to mm-hmm. like say it. Okay, I am blown. I am blown away by Sony's pricing strategy. I cannot believe in, it. In what way? My expectations were at like 600 oh, yeah. for the PS5. Like I was, I was way a hundred dollars over what they came in at. And so if they really want to blow me away, because I think they really want to funnel people towards this digital edition, $399 is a price that says we want you to only be able to buy your games from the online store. Mm-hmm. Yep. That also to me says, what if they put a bigger hard, what if it's a terabyte instead of this 825 nonsense in the PS5 with the disc tray? I mean, they could, but SSDs are really expensive. Like, they're still... Well, especially super ultra custom ones that yeah. have, like, <laughs> whatever's whatever magic they're doing at Sony to make the disk drive... Like, to make a solid-state drive that is, like, the selling point of your console is, like, some sort of witchcraft. It's magic with a C and a K <laughs> that they're doing, which is why I expected the price to be it's so high. Letters. I think... I, I really think that they're there's going to be some weird compromise on that disk drive, um, which may be why they didn't announce it yet, because they knew that Xbox was coming out with a second console, and they wanted to make sure that they were able to compete with that. Uh, now I think they, they certainly are able to compete with it. It's uh, I really don't think it's that much of a question. I mean, we'll see. Hopefully that hard drive does come in at a terabyte, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was 500 gigs. Heck yeah. Well, the showcase... I mean, we're going to get no thoughts on this, but the showcase did show one more thing, which was Kratos's voice dubbed over like an icy spiral made of ice magic with a bunch of Viking symbols on them. And it just said, Ragnarok is coming. So, well, you know that that's the God of War logo, right? Like that was, that's the red God of War logo, but okay. That's what it threw me off a little bit because it was blue, I think, but. Yeah, it's like the Omega. Okay. Or so yeah, they basically told us God of War Two is coming. They said twenty twenty one, but let's not hold our breath on that. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: with the way COVID is delaying these big budget games, left and right, rip Halo. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? But if you wanted to sell me a PlayStation Five and told me that it would be within the first year that I would get to play God of War two or whatever it'll be God of War Ragnarok. Like that's the thing that really messed me up. I was like, damn, they, they might've got me. <laughs> I got to know what happens huh. to boy. Well, sorry, I'm yelling. I'm getting juiced oh, about he's this. He's gotta be, he's, he, he's either, either. Oh man, they're going to kill Kratos and you take over as him or Kratos gets captured. Let's say, and you take over as dude or dude kid boy whatever uh, atreus aka we're not going to spoil it atreus yeah atreus kratos's son is the bad guy maybe because <laughs> it says ragnarok is coming or uh never mind yes i want to see if you guys have any final thoughts on the playstation 5 showcase Anybody? I mean, it's going to be a really interesting console generation. I was going to write in with a question. I do want to ask you guys this question real quick before we move on. Um, I started writing an email and then AJ invited me on the show. So <laughs> my my question for you is PlayStation has now undercut Xbox once again 
offering a three ninety nine next gen console with its congruent or Xbox's version being four ninety nine. Um, do you think that Game Pass and cloud gaming and everything that Microsoft has been investing is enough to keep Microsoft interested in the gaming space? Or do you think losing this another console generation is going to force Microsoft to pull out of the gaming space before they release another console? So first of all, I do want to point out, speaking of like rhyming, the 399 versus 499 pricing is giving me flashbacks to the Xbox One versus PS4 launches. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, that was the same exact problem last time, right? Like, I do also I... want to point out Xbox One has sold tens of millions of units. Mm-hmm. But I think your your phrasing of the question is intriguing to me because you said very specifically, do you see them releasing another console? And I have a hunch that they could stop manufacturing consoles and still stay in the game space and have Games Pass be what Xbox is. For sure. you know, theoretically, down the line, like you just subscribe to Games Pass and you know the magical world where, well, now I have a Samsung Smart TV with the Game Pass app. It works, you know, it has Bluetooth, so I can use any Bluetooth controller with it. I think if I was in Vegas right now and there was a betting line on it, I would bet that this is Microsoft's last like real console, like real let's fight Sony console because they might next generation throw out just a little box or something for people who maybe don't have internet or can't afford to, you know, get up into that Xbox game pass type monthly subscription service. But yeah, I think I would bet that this is Xbox's or Microsoft's last like real console console. Well, it also makes me want to ask the question, right? Where like the low end price point system, the Series S, kind of loses the audience of people who don't have internet access, which to me makes me think of people who may be in rural areas and not necessarily of lower socioeconomic status, but like they just can't get that that wi-fi yep but you lose like these digital systems like lose any rural folks for the most part and and let's say the next generation well this one took seven let's say five years from now is the next generation by then i think they'll have xcloud figured out so they won't need to waste time with with consoles five years from now which would have been like about the timing of when the pro and the one um, X were, if I'm not mistaken, four yeah, or five years close. into the generation. I'm picturing Gabe's little dongle, the stick, yeah, the Xbox Dream yeah. Stick, or I'm picturing it becoming a Roku app and a Fire Stick. I mean, Fire Stick app, not an Apple app. But... Oh, that does it for our show today. Thank you so much for joining the podcast this week, Gabe. Can you let people know where they can follow along with everything you're doing, find you on Twitter, find where your podcast is, all that good stuff? Yeah, you can find me at Gabe Fall. Uh, It's pretty much everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Um, And you can listen to Extra Gamepad, my weekly interviews with my friends about video games. 
Uh, you can find that at Extra Gamepad on Twitter. Also, just search Extra Gamepad in pretty much any podcast service, and you'll be able to find it. Yeah, just give it a listen, subscribe, you know, like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Uh, also, just yeah, if you're right in, you got any questions for any of the people that you're listening to, or got any questions for me, just go ahead and write in to the show. Awesome, Chris. Where can people find you on those internets? You can find me at VG Occasion cheering for the Chicago Firefighters. Awesome. You can find me at AJ underscore ID. That's E I D E. Once again, if you want to contribute to the content, you can send emails to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Follow on Twitter at MNGamers Podcast. Sign up for the newsletter, Mostly Normal Monthly. What a good name. And the newsletter is great, guys, and it's fantastic. Like, Aww. read, sign up for the newsletter and read it. It's great. Again, it's just like, it takes a perfect amount of time to read. The articles are great. It was a lot of fun, and I learned something, and I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Well, Gabe, thanks for coming back for an episode. We'll talk to you again soon. You can find that newsletter at MostlyNormalGamers.com. That's it for our show. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on whatever streaming service you're listening to us on. Now, go play some games. Bye. Bye. Gabe, this was awesome. It was a pleasure. Yeah, that was a good yeah, episode. Yeah, that was great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we should have baited all of our uh, listeners into to write an by saying and you too could join the podcast I you thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> open the podcast yeah. oh. See what happens in the email? I yeah. was going to write you a question